listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Save the Marriage podcast. This is the podcast that's designed to help you save your marriage no matter where you are in your marriage. Sometimes I'm talking about people who are hanging on by a thread. But I also like to think that my theories will apply across the board because what we're really talking about is how to build an outstanding marriage no matter where you're starting from, even if you're starting at the very beginning. In fact, today's podcast is more about a kind of an overall understanding of what we face in a marriage. The reason I wanted to talk about this is because I recently had an interview with a reporter, and the reporter said, can you tell me five truths that every couple should know? And I said, absolutely I can. There are probably some more, but let's talk about some basic things about being married, because I don't think that we do a very good job in our culture of preparing people to get married. When I was working in the office, I I did a lot of work with premarital couples. I don't do that anymore since now people call me from around the world. But when I was working with people, they were had approached the church and they were planning on getting married and, and the church required them to come see me. And I did this for a number of churches in our community and they would come see me for four sessions. During those four sessions, I would try to prepare them to understand what was coming in a marriage. There was one problem. At that point, they believed that they were different than the other couples. (laughs) They believed that they had figured out love for themselves, and they knew that their love would carry them all the way through to the end of life because they felt so strongly about each other. I didn't want to break the bubble, but things do change throughout a marriage. Those great feelings that we have in the beginning uh, have to be tempered, and that's probably a good thing. When Gary Chapman talks about these feelings, when he talks about the love languages, and he calls them the tingles, you know, that's that infatuation period that we all have at the beginning of these great relationships, and we think it's the way that love is going to feel forever. We talk about madly in love, those deep feelings of being madly in love where you, you can't focus on anything else but being with your beloved. And those are great feelings and unsustainable in the strength that you feel at the beginning of a relationship. Research shows that the longevity of that level of feeling is 18 months, two years max, depending on lots of factors, and can go away a lot sooner. And the important thing to remember is because you don't feel that anymore doesn't mean the love went away. It just meant the infatuation has now tempered itself to daily living. If we lived in a world where everybody felt that mad love we feel in the beginning, not much would happen in our world. So what happens next is the disillusionment. Because nobody prepared them for what comes next, which is normal life. Now, let me be very clear. The disillusionment is not about it being a bad marriage. The disillusionment is that it didn't feel like they expected it to. So when I would work with couples at the beginning, I knew that they had that, the veil of belief that they had somehow, you know, they were the special ones. Other people might have problems, but not them because they had this down. And so what I suggested they do is they come back at, you know, a six month or a year after they got married and we talk again because at that point, some reality is set in. (laughs) Some of the struggle is now there. Some of the feeling has dropped away a little bit and reality sets in. That's not a bad thing. 
The couples who came back for that uh, you know, six-month or one-year, 20,000-mile uh, checkup tended to do pretty well after that because they had been realizing that some things needed to be tweaked a little bit and new understandings needed to happen. They needed to step into this new place. And that brings me to these five truths that I share with this reporter. So here is the first truth. And, and this is one that I think is critical for everybody to recognize. And that is that 100% of marriages have difficulties. Every single marriage has difficulties. Without exception, every single marriage. Most people have their difficulties in a marriage and they think that they're the only ones, that they think that something must be broken, that somehow they've messed up, they've made a mistake, they've, they've married the wrong person, they somehow stepped into something. And so the fact is that every single marriage has difficulties. Now, about half of marriages, if you look at the national average, a little better these days than half the marriages figure out either how to solve it or how to stay in the marriage in spite of those difficulties. But just because they stayed married doesn't mean they didn't have difficulties. Some marriages continue to you know, kind of hang in there and limp along. Some marriages figure out how to get beyond those difficulties. But the fact is that every marriage has difficulties. And the important thing here is that the problem does not mean the marriage is wrong. It's a fact of relationships. In a marriage, you live so intertwined with somebody, so closely to somebody, that there are going to be times when things get tough. It's just the nature of such an intimate relationship. So the problem is that when we don't expect the issues, then we think that A, something is wrong, and B, something's wrong with our spouse. And therefore, we have to figure out you know, how to move away from that, how, often how to get out of that. So the real problem is not that there are issues. It's that the issues are often not addressed or solved for the betterment of the marriage. The fact that there are issues just means that you fall within the 100% of relationships, 100% of marriages that are going to have issues. Truth number two is there is no pause button in a relationship. I've talked about this many times because I see it as a repeating pattern. People get married, they're madly in love, they begin to step into the kind of the next phase in life, and that includes having kids, getting promoted at work, getting further education or training, pursuing hobbies, being with friends, chasing after all kinds of other things in life. And what they come to believe is that they have somehow hit the pause button. They somehow have hit pause on the marriage and that the marriage will stay stable while they go conquer all of these other things and they go conquer the world often as individuals and that someday when the kids are grown, the career has been advanced, the money's been made, the hobbies have been pursued, the friends have been cemented, that they'll come back to the relationship, unpause it, get back together and have a lovely time together. The problem is when they come back to hit unpause, they realize that there is no such thing. Relationships across the board are either growing or declining. They're either proceeding or receding. There is no pause in any relationship, especially in marriage. Think about this. If you've got friends along the way that you've kind of fallen out of touch with, you can say, oh, yeah, we're still friends. But the connection between you wanes when you don't have much contact. 
It's just the nature of relationships. We can either grow them and keep learning about each other and cre- keep understanding each other more deeply and, and growing the connection, or it recedes. And that is absolutely true in marriage. Marriage is such a connected relationship that we assume that the connection, the commitment that's there will carry us through those pause times. But there is no pause. So then what happens is that couples forget that connection itself is the lifeblood of the relationship. So if the connection begins to recede, the relationship begins to get into trouble. Relationships can never be stagnant. They're going to be declining when you hit pause. So when couples unpause to discover they're disconnected, have grown apart, and are different people, then they don't know what to do. So the truth is that there is no pause button in marriage and that marriages and connection need regular and consistent care, nurturing the connection and the relationship along the way while you're raising the kids, while you're advancing your career, while you're making your money, while you're pursuing your hobbies and while you're uh, pursuing friends. All of those can happen in the midst of nurturing the relationship. Never fall for the pause button in a relationship. Number three truth about a marriage. Your task is to create a we. Two people come together, you and me. They meet, they're interested in each other, they spend a lot of time together, you and me. There's always a me in the world. You're walking around the world, me. My job, me, wherever, my hobbies. I understand me because I'm in it. And then I find somebody else and I go, wow, I want to be closer to this person, you and me. And as we work, you and me, we get to the marriage. And a marriage is often about somebody saying, I want to show you how much I love you. That's how we start a marriage. Then we go into this little service, you know, a very short little service. It's always amazing. Two individuals go in and the marriage comes out. Somewhere in there, a transformation can begin if we know what that transformation is about. And that is having a sense that we, there's a unit now that's been formed. Not that you lose yourself to the relationship, but that the two best me's are coming together to form that we. But the we is what happens. When I say, I will be with you for the rest of your life and the rest of my life, no matter how good the days are or bad the days are or whether there's illness or, or health or riches or poorness or whatever it is, I'll keep everybody away from this relationship and it's you and me. We are, as many uh, different marriages express it different ways, one. We're one. That one is a we, a sense of being in this as a team. I've got your back. You've got my back. We are now formed together. The problem is because we don't think through that much, often we think that you and me is enough. It's you and me. And so we start deciding to divide and conquer life. You and me. You make an amount of money. I make an amount of money. You parent this way. I parent that way. All the, the thing, the, those big decisions in life, how we deal with money, how we deal with parenting, how we deal with sex, all of those pieces just kind of float around us as you and me. The problem is when you're in that kind of an intertwined relationship, if you don't make the switch to we, you and me becomes you versus me. You end up in power struggles, disagreements, struggles to ask the question, am I getting what I deserve? Another way of saying that is, 
you know, what have you done for me lately? And the problem is the response to that is if you don't feel like you're getting your fair share because you versus me is about my fair share versus your fair share, then I might just pull back on mine. We begin to misunderstand that love is about the actions towards the other person. And that's how we build that we. We're in this together, that sense that we're in this together, that psychological switch that has to happen to being a team. Which brings us to truth number four. Any conflict you have in that kind of relationship should be in the service of progress. Anytime there's a conflict, it's an opportunity to push against each other or move towards a better solution for both people, a better solution for we. So any conflict should be in the service of progress. It's easy to get trapped in a win-lose mentality when you're in that conflict. But when you're talking about we, that's a different matter. When either person is out to win, the relationship, the we will lose. When couples use conflicts as an opportunity to grow the relationship and build a we, then the conflict is in the service of progress. It moves you towards something different. But, and this is the big warning, if you want to win, and so you're trying to score points in the conflict, the win comes at the cost of the relationship. You're chipping away at the relationship. If I win you lose, which is different than the relationship winning, us winning together. See conflict always as an opportunity to progress the relationship to the next place. We humans are naturally wired to be in a win-lose situation. That's why it's so important to deeply understand that we is a different relationship than we have anywhere else in our lives. The kind of intimacy that's available in a marriage is nowhere else, and it changes how we look at that progress. Are we moving towards something better for the we, or are we trying to win and get our way? If you feel like you're getting your way or your spouse is getting their way, you can bet that the conflict is now chipping away at the connection, not adding to the connection, not helping progress the we to a new place. Which brings us to truth number five. Love is an action. Now there's a little disclaimer to that. The feelings will follow that. But love is an action. It's a verb. We all love that in love feeling that I talked about in the beginning, the infatuation. We love that, right? It feels so good and exciting. But notice that even in the beginning, the actions are what grew the emotion, I see somebody I'm interested in. I go introduce myself. They want to talk with me. I want to talk with them. We share lots of information back and forth and we share our feelings and thoughts. And then I might give a gift and I might uh, hold hands and they do the same. And we might want to go to somewhere nice and have joint experiences together. We're doing loving things towards each other, making sure the other person knows they're a priority. And because we're doing that, the feelings grow. In the beginning, that's fueled by a little bit of adrenaline. That's what gives us that feeling. The problem is we sometimes stop that. The actions that grow the emotions, that would never stop. If we kept doing loving actions towards each other, the emotions keep flowing. But when we stop doing those loving actions, the emotions begin to chip away. They begin to fall away. At some point, many make a shift to ask, 
how are you loving me rather than asking, how can I love you? How can I show you more love? This can quickly build resentment since no one is perfect at showing love. But if the question is, instead of what am I getting out of this, the question is, what can I put into this? The marriage grows. Think about that. Two people asking this very simple question, what can I put into this? Not worried about what am I getting out of this, but if both people are saying, what can I put into this? That marriage is unstoppable. The powerful marriages that I see are the ones that know that they're building a we. And the way that they build that we is by putting in love towards that relationship, doing loving things towards their spouse, knowing that when the conflicts come along, they will treat that conflict as a chance to advance the relationship, not take away, not win, but advance the relationship. In the process, they're building a more and more solid connection between them. They never hit pause. They kept moving forward. Even when they have difficulties, they recognize that's just a normal state of being this intimate and the difficulties are showing us new places, new opportunities to grow into a bigger relationship. Those five truths will serve to keep a marriage moving forward and restore a broken relationship. It works both ways because we're always working on that connection and always working on that sense of being a we. If you're at the beginning of your marriage, I hope you take stock of that. I hope you can listen to that and recognize that no matter what you're feeling right now, there are opportunities for growth. And if you're feeling madly in love, that will change and that's okay. You're building something else. If you're later on in your relationship and you're realizing you're in trouble, recognize that's okay. Those things can be solved. If you're realizing that you're the only one who wants to rebuild this, we can work with that too. That's how I created the Save the Marriage system. If you're ready to step into something new, let me suggest you grab the Save the Marriage system. You can find that at savethemarriage.com. Otherwise, I wish you the best as you continue to work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.